assassin for the night and leave at first light. Whether he went home tonight or left in the morning, either way he'd earn his father's censure for being late. He touched a hand to his breast and felt the paper crinkle beneath his fingers, and the voice of the letter spoke to him again. Dear John, we received news that you are now home after your many years away. It would give me great pleasure to see you again. Your mother was not only my closest cousin, but she was my dearest friend. Please visit so that we might make your acquaintance, and so that I might have peace in light of the vow I made to your mother to check on you from time to time. Newton tugged the reins of his horse, and the beast shifted away from London and tossed its head toward Chatham. He hadn't planned on visiting his mother's cousin, but these relatives might be the solution he needed for the night. At the very least, he'd have a warm meal and bed. The visit would also provide an excuse to give his father for why he was late. He nudged his horse forward toward High Street, but then hesitated. Chatham, with its strategic location on the River Medway, had been commissioned by Queen Elizabeth I to host the Royal Navy Dockyard nearly two hundred years ago. Now the shipbuilding yard employed hundreds of men and launched many of England's finest vessels. Not only that, but the winding river provided a safe place for both merchant and navy vessels to anchor away from the harsh conditions of the North Sea. The defence fortifications of Upner Castle and the batteries at Cockham Wood Fort in Gillingham also made Chatham a protective place for ships to moor away from French warships. None of the merchant vessels he'd served on had ever been anchored there, but like most seafaring men, He was familiar enough with Chatham to know the town wasn't necessarily a safe place for a man like him. One wrong step, and he could end up impressed on a navy ship, forced into the king's service. If he was completely honest with himself, he knew that wasn't the real reason he hadn't planned to accept his cousin's invitation to call. The truth was, he had no desire to visit the place that had taken his mother from him. Ten years ago, his mother had come to Chatham for help and healing— but she'd returned to London in a wooden box. His stomach gnawed at itself, reminding him that he hadn't had anything to eat since he'd left his uncle's home in Maidstone at midday. Ahoy the ship! He dug his heels into his horse and urged it onward. He may as well pay the call. He had no better options. The directions at the bottom of the letter indicated the house wasn't too far off the high road, at the edge of Chatham, on one of the chalk ridges. As he ascended out of the river valley, the breeze grew stronger, bringing with it the familiar scent of salt and sea. Many believed that breathing deeply of the sea air could cure consumption. It was one of the reasons his mother had given him for leaving London. If only it had worked. After a short distance, he paused in front of a double-gabled brick home. It was set off the road behind a tall wrought-iron fence, with decorative points that resembled the tips of pikes, The arched windows hadn't been shuttered for the night, and the amber glow of oil light spilled out of several of them, illuminating the front door with a semicircular fanlight that, like everything about the house, attested to the growing influence of the middling class. Several other homes stood in close vicinity. Detached, unlike the narrow terraced house he'd lived in for much of his life in Wapping, on the north bank of the River Thames. Instead, these houses of modest size, likely belonged to professionals who oversaw and profited from the royal dockyard. The slate roof and the classic-style parapet were just as his mother's cousin had described. 
So he dismounted and rattled the front gate, which swung open easily. He tied his horse just inside and bounded up the short walkway. Without another moment's hesitation, lest he change his mind in the face of ghosts from his past, he rapped on the door. He was fully prepared for a servant to answer, knowing a household of this size would have at least two, if not more. So when the door cracked open mere inches, and the angel-faced young woman from earlier peeked out at him, he took a rapid step back before catching himself. Smite my timbers, he said. It's you. Her eyes widened and flashed with fear before she backed away and began to close the door. Thankfully, he was quicker than she and wedged his foot into the crack, preventing her from locking him out. She pushed against the door, but the wide brass buckle on his black leather shoe prohibited her efforts.